BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Maryland. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code OLDLINE150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Maryland today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Maryland only. New customer offer subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days from issuance. Please play responsibly. For help, visit mdgamblinghelp.org or call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM National Harbor. Promotional not available in Washington, D.C. This show is brought to you by The Makery, the podcast network for makers. Welcome, welcome, welcome to Knife Talk, the, well, I wouldn't say the only, but certainly the best um, podcast out there for knife makers. So whether you're a maker, a collector, just some sort of weirdo that's into knives, this is the show for you. Um, normally joined by Mareko Marmasi and Jeff Fader, but it's only Jeff today of Fader Knives. Um, but because Mareko's on his travels, he seems to be having a good time. So if you're listening, Mareko, I hope you're enjoying yourselves. Ah, so then there was two. How are things, Jeff? I'm tired, man. <laughs> Snap. Snap. Yeah. I am so tired. It, I, I'm so tired, but I feel invigorated, and I'm ready for the next milestone, whatever, blah, blah, blah. It's good. Busy, busy, busy. I finally, I finally installed this sculpture that was four years in the making, and it looks great. And I, you know what? Speaking of Mareko... Last week, I was talking about like we're going to install it, or we're going to install it, and this project was a really about time management with me. Is is how can I work backwards to make sure I have enough time to paint, enough time to make it look good, and enough time, enough time, and I budgeted my time exactly, so I had mm-hmm. enough time and everything. And Mareko says, "Are you? Do you think there's going to be an unveiling?" And I'm like, "No, there's not going to be an unveiling." And I'm thinking to myself, "I'm just going to drop it off." And that's the end of it. This is one thing about me and my sisters and my dad is when it comes to opening art openings, where we we don't we don't like them, Not so we thing. just make the stuff, drop them off with the curator, and fuck away off. But but I did see the picture of your sculpture draped in some sort of big curtain or something, ready for a big right. grand unveiling. So what went on? Well, what went on is obviously after Mareko says, "Is there going to be an unveiling?" and I said, "I certainly hope not." And I got the call. <laughs> There's going to be an unveiling. Uh. So we where I we installed it yesterday, which today is Thursday, so we installed it Wednesday. And I hate installing everything, anything. It's just always nothing but problems. But the place looks great. They made this huge they made this area with wildflowers and chains to block people off and this mm. big thing and it was they did a really nice job and then all of a sudden i heard all right well the news camp the local news is going to be there so oh jeez. so so we're installing so i'm thinking to myself after last week i'm like i hope there's not an unveiling and i get a message oh yeah we're going to have an event and you're going to be there with the mayor and the police oh, department geez. and this it's a whole big production and he, and and the guy says I need you to come you know have a little speech about the sculpture, oh, for fuck's oh. sake. 
So we installed yesterday, and they were like, we want to cover it up so no one sees it. And the funny thing was, we were installing it. I was wearing my, my one of my favorite shirts was made by Chris Zeppieri of Make Everything Shop. And in the back of it says, don't, don't die. die. Yeah, another one. So I'm wearing this shirt. I'm installing this fucking thing. And then these walker, passerbys are, are walking. And I wonder what that is. And then I hear, he's wearing a shirt that says, don't die. <laughs> don't die. Oh. And then the tongue clicking starts. As in like, it's like some sort of like message. Mm. Like, you know. And I hear, oh, he's wearing a shirt that says, don't die. What do you think that means? He doesn't want us to die, I guess. Or, or maybe he does. It, He's a daredevil. He's going to do a big stunt or something. Yeah. Right. And then, uh, yeah, so I had to write this speech last night. But in the meantime, I had a doctor's appointment. Now I'm old and I'm getting ready for glaucoma. So they dilated my eyes. I was supposed to write a speech last night. I, they couldn't, I couldn't, you know, mm. I couldn't do anything. Yeah. So that's that. And uh, we're getting ready to, I got to write a speech tonight for this sculpture. And So when is that? When is the big grand and Saturday Saturday night so when this post you know it's you know it's interesting because I've been uh, you and I've talked about this I mean I don't know I might have even started this sculpture before I was on knife talk really oh wow wow this was a this is a weird thing and it's like it's slightly controversial and I'm going to kind of go into depth on it with the uh, Lee Arapach. We're going to do an art talk episode of, of Knife of uh, Full Blast. Mm. Because I was, and I'll give you the, if you want to hear, the, the, the backstory is is the the, the police department in, our, in, in the town was, was talking to a, one of my biggest customers and donors who said that they're trying to do a gun buyback program. But the hard part is, is they don't get a lot of money from the state, obviously, in the city. So usually they rely on people to fundraise. Yeah. So my friend, who is very gung-ho, and I've known this guy for 25 years. I've been making sculpture for 25 years. Just, <clears throat> I get a great idea. We'll raise the money, and then we will... Uh, I'll see if I can get Fader to weld something up. <clears throat> so he reached out to me, and he goes... Jeff, I have the, and he tells me the whole thing, and we want, you know, the, we're going to raise all this money, we're going to have the local beer company make a beer, we're going to have a big event, and, and we're going to get these, we're going to buy back guns that are unwanted. Yeah. Now, gun buyback, here's what a gun buyback is. This, the police department will set up a, an area, and then they'll say, no questions asked, if you have anything in your house that you don't want. We're not, they're not mandating it. They're yeah, not saying, yeah. here's your chance. They're saying, if you have something in your house that you don't want or you don't feel comfortable with, it's not secure, whatever, whatever reason, no questions asked, bring them here, and we'll give you some money. So this would be even like even unlicensed stuff as well, then, I assume. No questions asked. Right, okay. So it's basically like people who want to dispose of these guns, to hand them in. Yeah. And we'll give you money, no questions asked. We're not going to, you know. So it's a huge turnout, and we raised fifteen thousand dollars. Wow! And we they ended up collecting one hundred and eighty-seven guns. Wow! It's a lot. Wow! It's a lot. That's it's a lot. Yes. Wow! That's very good. And then, so bring me in, into it. To bring me into it, at first, I was hesitant because I don't like do I don't do political art. Mm -hmm. I don't like it. I don't want to I'm not my job is in my opinion is I don't want to tell you what to do. Yeah. So, I'm so not going to just to put people straight if they don't know you. You're using these guns then in the sculpture. Well, I'm getting to it. Okay, so sorry. Yes. Okay. We so I don't like doing political art. I never have. I don't I find it I find most artists to be dis, uh, uh, repulsive. <laughs> I think that I'm not I don't I'm not holier than thou. I'm not um I'm not self-righteous. And, but in my heart of hearts, my guy says to me, he's like, Hey, 
you think you could do this for me? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, yes, on one condition. I want no city, state money for this thing. I'd rather do it for you as a favor for free yeah. than to take one nickel of taxpayer money because it's just like I don't really – I'm not a huge fan of public art anyway. But I'm at the same time, I'm just like I'm not going to fucking – I don't want to take public funds for for this. Thing. Yeah, especially if they've been fundraising for. Yeah, okay, yeah. Yeah. So 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 they so at first it was like for the for, for first you know all of a sudden I'm just like all right I'm not taking I'm not, I'm gonna just do this on the arm because I wanted the guns I was gonna get <laughs> that's honestly so what happens is is with these gun buyback programs is they get the department they seize the guns and they'll take a picture of the gun the police will take a picture they'll have the public uh, the pub uh, the department of public works cut the gun up. To make it inoperable, and then they'll take another picture, and then it's scrap. Yeah. I don't know what they do with it all, but so they did that, and I say, even said, I don't want police here. I don't want to. I don't want to take any money from you know. I don't want like having a police officer here while I dispose of it. Whatever it takes, just so that, so I got a call from this officer I've been working with, and I I got. I mean, like I, you have no idea what I had in this shop. I mean, it's like, and they were all disposed of by the Department of Public Works. They were scrap metal that you couldn't do anything with. Right? Them. Were they still recognizable as guns? Yes. Okay. But they'll take the torch and they'll cut it through the trigger or cut it through the barrel or cut it through the hammer or whatever. Yeah. You have no idea what I got. So at first, that was four years ago, I was like, okay, I'm just going to put one in the forge and then, you know, forge it up. See what happens. And I actually, you can see in some of my videos, I actually have a forged revolver that I welded to my forge, which looks great, by the way. (laughs) Yes, looks fucking awesome. A flattened gun. so I forged something out as a sample for this event, and then I started posting, thinking, okay, the police are involved. The guy who's involved in doing it is the biggest Second Amendment guy I ever met. This guy is armed to the teeth all the time. I have was surprised. I thought, I'm not, we're not doing anything wrong. We're not doing anything. You have no idea the messages I got. What's going on here? Hey, you must be some liberal. And and it was really one of those things where it was just like, I got messages from... Name the five, don't name it out loud, but if you name five of the most well-known knife uh, uh, YouTubers out there, one of them reached out to me. Really? Like, it's a oh, shame wow. that you're doing this. Wow. But at the same time, like, I don't blame. So I would talk to somebody, here's what's going on. This would, you know, we, you should see some of these guns. One of them in the maker, somebody went to a plasma cutter, a guy with a CNC plasma cutter, mm. and had zip guns made. You know what a zip gun is? No, no. They'll, take a, they'll do an outline of a gun cut it out on some quarter, you know, three sixteenths plate with a plasma cutter, and then they'll weld a barrel to it. So you can put one bullet in, and then, I don't know, they figure out how to put something on there to make it shoot the bullet. Oh, Jesus so it's Christ. like a, it's like a really illegal gun. I yeah. mean, it's like, like handmade. You know, yeah. Homemade. Yeah. And it isn't for like target practice. This is for like, you know, robbing a liquor store. Yeah. So. Okay. so I was surprised at how I figured I, you know, so I just kept my mouth shut for. I just decided I'm like I don't need this. It's, yeah, it's, it's a divisive thing. Yeah, I get you. I believe in the Second Amendment. I believe I believe in the First Amendment, the Second Amendment. I believe in it, but at the same time, it's like I also wanted to make something. But regardless, okay. So now, COVID hits. I'm like, okay, let's just pretend like I don't have to do this anymore because I, I wasn't getting. You know, I was just like I was. I already said I'm not getting paid. So whatever. I said I was gonna do it for free. I said I was gonna do it. I'll do it. They get, came back and they had an art organization say, we're going to commission you to do this. So our, our organization commissioned me to do it. And then they said, this is the deadline we need. So I had to, I started on it. I really had to work with the footings and blah, 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 blah. And I made this sculpture. You can see it on my Instagram. Yeah. I think it looks great. 
And it was very much a blacksmithing situation. It was the second one. I know I'm going on and on and on, but I'll just give you the backstories real quick. And the first one I made, I hated. I basically just welded a lot of guns together, and it looked like, it looked like shit. <laughs> and and I just I hated looking at it. I hated everything about it. Whatever, blah blah. So then this one, I took all the barrels off, and I f- put a kiss block on my power hammer, and I forged all the barrels into one size. And then I forged all those pieces out. I didn't have a torch, so I forged all the pieces out and I made this ribbon. And it looks great. And the amazing thing is, is it doesn't look, you can't, it's, it's only recognizable as gun parts if you really look and know. Right. Okay. So it's this whole yeah. idea of, you know, transformation and blah, 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 blah. And, and I'm, I'm tired of it, to be honest with you. And I'm glad it's over. <laughs> so come so Saturday, it's out of your life. It's, that's done. Well, it was out of my life on Wednesday, but now all of a sudden there's like, you know, I have to do some sort of, I don't know if it's a press junket, but I have to oh. do some sort of like, I had to do a couple things. So I'm really kind of loath to do it all. I'm not interested in it. I'm not interested anymore. I did it because I said I'd do it. And I do have a lot of parts that I want to make little sculpture with, but like I'm done making big sculpture. Mm-hmm. I can't, I'm tired of making big sculpture. I'm too old. Uh, are too they putting s- any sort of plaque there to tell people what it is and, and who made it and so on? So great question i told them so after two years i'm thinking let's not make something gruesome Mm. let's make something you know the idea of the ribbon is you know when you see people have on their lapel of their jacket a ribbon there's so many different color ribbons you know you don't know necessarily know what it's for is it for aids or for you know support for something yes support so i thought that that would be something not pro pro police not pro this not pro it was very a very vanilla kind of just a reminder Mm. and then what i did was because it's by the river i decided i wanted to look like it was the wind was blowing it a little bit so there we go with that so what i said for a long time is let's just let's say it's guns at all let's just let people walk past because the other thing is is when you start to refer to it as the gun sculpture you're loading the viewer up with already their preconceived yeah, notions. So if yeah. you got to see, it would be like telling the spoiler of a movie in the beginning. Why not have people just look at it and make a decision and then look into it deeper and then make, oh, that's weird. I didn't recognize any of it as being guns. So that's the story. So there will be a plaque, much to my chagrin, <laughs> and the people who are involved want to have a big whole gun buyback program thing, and much to my chagrin, and I just want to fucking... I just want to fade off into the distance. And I did talk to a lot of friends of ours who are giant second right, second amendment guys, big gun guys, and who are into it. And they're into it. And it's, it wasn't supposed to be as, it wasn't supposed to be controversial. It wasn't supposed to be, uh, pro gun, anti gun, pro violence, black lives matter, none any of that. It's supposed to be a thing, you know, and and we'll see. So Mm. the letter bombs have already started. Really? So the threats see, have already started. So you're going to be named on the sculpture so people will see that you've made it. So you'll see oh, boy. Over the next I, few weeks, you'll see what people think. <laughs> it's, yeah. I, I, unfortunately, we're we're in this world now where people, instead of, and the, the whole thing is it's also meant to be, you know, forging, the idea of forging steel is you're taking an object, heating it up, and changing and transforming the mass and volume. Yeah. So maybe this is a way to think. Maybe we have these problems in the world, and maybe we can look at things from a different standpoint. Maybe we can figure out a different way to kind of address these issues that's not what normally people just say the same thing that they've heard other people say. Yeah. And there's not a lot of nuance to their thinking, and there's not a lot of... And they'll, I'll get the same horse shit that I get from people who hear cool words to say in front of other people. You know, it's so... 
that's the story. That's what I've been dealing with. It's Craig yes. Lockwood. Craig Lockwood, baby. Thank you very much. So, yeah, it Thank sounds as if, much. yeah, you've had a week and you've still got Saturday to go. But um, uh, so, so have you mean, got your, your speech is done, ready to go? No. Uh, I, don't, I have to do basically what I did for you just now, and i got to make it sound like it's not stupid. I mean, <laughs> I, I was going to do off the cuff, but it's like the police chief's going to be there, and i got to let you. These things also, it's not like a podcast where you can kind of be off the cuff. It yeah. has to be... Uh, I have to be, I want to thank this guy, and I want to thank that guy, I want to thank this guy, I want to thank guy, that guy. Meanwhile, I need to rattle a couple cages because there's a payment that hasn't been made, and I'm, I'm throwing <laughs> myself around a little bit with the, with the art institution that I'm supposed to, I'm going to fucking rattle their cage. Nice. Like, they don't know what they don't know what they got coming next, baby. Nice. <laughs> so, yeah, so that's what's going on. Cool. Never ending, my man. And, and I thought, after all this time, that once this was over, this was like a, this was like I can cross it off and I don't have to do anything else. It's, I didn't feel, I didn't feel relaxed. I didn't feel satisfied. I didn't feel like a job well done. Mm-hmm. I felt like. Just whatever. get it over and done with. Yeah. So Jesus. what's the next big project then? So if you've got a new knife range coming out, what, what's. What we're doing, uh, we're working on uh, David over uh, t- uh, Tiger Claw Customs has been working with me mm. and we're finishing, we're working on finishing off the butcher knives. I'm going to have 20 butcher knives and we're not really advertising them for pre-sale. I'm trying to get ahead and like have stuff available. Like I have a couple offsets serrated. We've just been keeping quiet and mm. I have some forks keeping quiet and I have, I'm going to have these butcher knives keep quiet. And then, you know, it, we're getting to the point now where we'll be able to have something. Oh, and then we're doing the oyster knives. And you'll be happy to know. Tony's coming down uh, next week. And we're going to do an oyster shucking demo. And then we're going ah. to do, then we're going to cook the oysters that you like. Oh, nice. But we're going to cook them forged with the forge. Nice. So we're going to do, we're actually use the even heat. If you want to put the even heat in, we're going to use the, we're going to even heat plate. And we're going to heat the even heat plate up. I put my plate I had made with, and we heat up with the even heat, and we're gonna, I'm gonna blow the doors off. Nice, make some fucking charbroiled oysters. So if you want some nice oysters, Knife Talk <laughs> is sponsored by Even Heat, the manufacturers of the finest heat treat ovens available. To find your next oven, go to evenheat-kiln.com. There we go. There you go. And you know, you can get actually, you can get them in stock now at Soul Ceramics. So if you go to knifetalk.net forward slash heat, that'll take you to Soul Ceramics, who are a distributor of Even Heats. They've got lots in stock, all the different models. Um, and you'll get um, $70 off, I believe, and free shipping in the US. So why wouldn't you? Knifetalk.net forward slash heat. Uh, the link is in the description. They were down at Blade Show, and my man Spence was wearing a Fader Knives hat. They were doing some biz down at Blade Show. Nice. Everything I heard a lot of excellent, excellent things down at Blade Show. Biggest, uh, biggest, uh, the biggest Journeyman Smith class. Congratulations to all of them. Master Smith class. Master yeah. Smith, I've hauled ass. So people who may have listened last week, we had Will Stelter on the show, and he was worried the night before, you know, how are things going to go? But it was all good news. We knew it would. He be. thought I jinxed him. Did it really? Right? <laughs> yeah, he said. He said I said something on full blast. I said he's going to be he's going to be flailing to the end. And then you know he called me up. He's like, you know what? I didn't think you were going to meet. All of a sudden, I did flail at the end. I had a thing <laughs> happen. But uh, yeah, he did good. Very happy for him. That's cool. I got a question for you. Yes, you were in London. Yes. I want to hear about your trip to London, especially walking across the Abbey Road Street. Yes, so I've had a bit of a week. Um, so I was in London on, I th- flew in on Friday, 
Um, the whole purpose was to go to a gig. So I went to this gig 26 years ago. I went to uh, an Oasis gig at Nebworth Park, which is this huge, huge place. And at the time, it was the biggest outdoor gig ever. There's 250,000 people there. Wow. Um, massive. You know, miles of people, you know, watching. Oh, my God. And, um, you know, I was a huge Oasis fan at the time and so on. But anyway, one of their singers, Liam Gallagher, who's now solo, um, he was going back and doing it again 26 years later. And again, they sold out that amount of people. And I was like, well, I've got to go. It was 26 years ago. You know, it, it was a big part of, you know, my, my sort of... Well, I think I was 19 when, when I went. Um, you know, it was a big part of that. I'm going to go back for that and sort of relive it. Um, so went to that gig. Then I was in London for another sort of two days. So I was like, well, what am I going to do? So we did, I did the, the Abbey Road tour, you know, the studios and right. so on. Um, but then I was speaking to um, a, a producer that I know, he, I, I, another podcast that I'd done a while back. Um, he actually produced one of the Oasis albums, What's the Story, Morning Glory, which was their sort of big, big album. Great episode, by the way. I really, really, really enjoyed Thank you. that episode. <laughs> Thank you, yeah. Um, and we've been chatting, you know, over time and stuff, and he knows I'm in a band, and, you know, I, I write these little songs and so on. So he just said, oh, send me in for your demos. Um, so I did. I sent him two demos, and he was like, these are, these are fucking great. You re- we need to record these. And I'm like, yeah, maybe one day, you know, kind of thing. Um, he's like, no, let's get in the studio and record it. So we booked <laughs> for October... Um, to go to uh, Rockfield Studios, which are like legendary studios. Um, Bohemian Rhapsody was recorded there and um, all, the, all the Oasis stuff and Stone Rose, all the kind of stuff I was really into. It was yeah. all recorded there. And they've still got all the original equipment. So, you know, the, the piano that they did Bohemian Rhapsody, you know, the intro, ding, 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 yeah, ding, ding, sure. that's still there. And I can use that. And uh, there's all these like famous mics and stuff that people are singing to. And it's all there. So, yeah, so I'm going in October uh, to record two songs, um, and I can cannot wait. So all that has happened sort of over the last, over the last week. This has all been confirmed. So I'm like, ah, uh, yeah. So, it's, yeah, it's been very exciting, and we had a like, band rehearsal today, and we've got two gigs over the weekend now, and one of them's like quite a big thing. We're supporting a, like a Doors tribute band, but they, they travel the world. You know, they're, they're quite a big band in their own right, um, and we're supporting them. So, it, yeah, it's, we, it, it's, been, um, it's been a rock and roll week, shall we say. So I've had one day in, in the shop when I got back. Um, I'm doing some steak knives with um, hemp handles. I think I talked about the hemp handles a while back. Yeah. Finally getting to use it on a, on a, on a, on a proper um, set. Um, so that's cool. So, yeah, it's just been a crazy, crazy busy week. Um, got back from London on, I think it was Tuesday or Wednesday. Um, no, Tuesday, because Thursday today. Um, and, yeah, just it's just been busy, 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 you know? It's, uh, yeah, it's so all good. for the recording, is it going to be the band Uplift or just Craig Lockwood? Just me. Just me. Whoa. Yeah. They're, they're not the kind of things that the band, you know, that we do. Um, so these are songs that I've written. Um, yeah, it's it's, it's going to be it's going to be real fun. And I'll tell you off air. There's, there's a whole plan behind all this as well. But I'll tell you off air about that because oh, uh, shit, it's, it's special, it's, special, <laughs> special. Maybe, maybe we okay, should start maybe, a Patreon. Maybe, maybe we should maybe start maybe a Patreon page right now. Maybe in the after show. An after after show. Yeah, we pay, yeah. charge people like everybody else. Like every other podcast. We'll do it. I'm just kidding. Uh, but it's, no, podcast. it's it's cool. It's like it's, it's a bit of a boyhood dream, you know. It's, I've always had this dream. I'm just going to the studio, and you know. But you know, it's a residential place, so I'll be staying there, and I'll be you know I'll be sleeping in the same place that all these like mega stars had slept in, and you know half of the songs were written there as well, and you know, so you know I'm using you know uh, the, the actual guitar that uh, they recorded Wonderwall on. 
I'll be oh, using yeah. that. That's That's crazy. I'll be using the piano that they did Bohemian Rhapsody on, and you know the mics that Freddie was singing into, and you know it's, it's just like it is a bit mind blowing. You know this place is just full of history, so I I cannot wait, cannot wait. So, yeah. Did did they film the 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 Queen movie there? I I haven't seen it. I haven't seen the Queen movie. Oh, you haven't seen it's a great movie. Really, the, the Queen no. movie. I don't remember the name of it. Is, is that the one with the the guy with the teeth who plays Freddy? Yeah, the guy with the teeth the who plays Freddy. Teeth. Yeah, the yeah, guy think, with the yeah, teeth. Yeah, I think who I have Freddy. seen it. Yeah, I, I don't know whether it was filmed there. I don't know actually. I saw because it, it was years like a ago. farmhouse. Yeah, it, it is. Yeah, like a... it's an old farm. Yeah, that's what Rockfield is. Yeah. yeah. I wonder if it was the same place. I, I, I would. Are you going to be intimidated to go there? Um, like the day of? Are you going to see her? I sleep the night before. Yeah, well, I'm sleeping there for the two 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 nights. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I'm. Yeah. It feels to me as if it's a lot. It's October. Um, but it nice. feels to me as if it's a long way off. So, you know, I'm sort of demoing the songs now and getting them up to scratch because two days in the studio isn't actually that long for two songs, um, particularly because I'm playing all the instruments too. So, um, you know, none of it's going to be sort of recorded live as a band, which is quite quick to do. This is, you know, me going in, doing a track, overdubbing the next track, over the, you, know, for, you know, for the two songs. Um, so I'm demoing everything beforehand. So when I get there, I know exactly all my parts that I need to play. Um, so, yeah, it's it's... Yeah, it is intimidating, but it's yeah, it's a, it's a boyhood dream. And like I said to Nick, the producer guy, um, I said, you know, I'm 45 with a belly. I know this isn't going to go anywhere. This is literally just living out a dream. And he's like, no, no, it's going to be cool. It's going to be cool. So, yeah, it's, it's going to be good. Do you have to think about the clothes you're going to wear? Uh, I will. I will. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, come on. Let's, be, let's just cut the shit. I mean, because I I'm thinking uh, yeah. I got to be comfortable. But I got to look cool. Exactly. I got because I want to like document it as much as possible as well. Right. Because I said this is a, a boyhood dream of mine. Yeah. You know? And and so yeah. And and to be honest, even you know, even when we're doing like local gigs around here, I take a lot of time, you know, working out what I'm going to wear and stuff. So yeah. No, oh, it's all part of it, isn't it? It's all part of it. You know. I would. I need special underwear. <laughs> I have these. I, I order these Patagonia underwear yeah. that are so soft. Then I'm just like, I know I have to wear those. Just tickling wear those, your balls as you walk. I just need to be comfortable, and maybe I need to wear these kinds of pants. Uh, I think the shirt. What if I have sweat stains? Ugh. Oh, God. You've got to be comfortable. Luck. You'd want anything sort of, you know, yeah, <clears throat> abrasive next to you. Combat Abrasives makes the world's best abrasive belts for knife makers. Available in any size at unbelievable prices. Go take a look at CombatAbrasives.com and get 15% off with promo code Knife Talk 15. Do it now. Do it now. That's the way. Right. L- enough about us. Shall we answer some of our lovely listeners' questions? Got we can do whatever you, your heart's desire. We whatever got... your heart's desire. Let's, let's start with a few questions. Um, where are you? you want to take the first one? Yes, sir. Ronald Knives. Our friend Ronald Knives back. He says, I have a question. What would you all make aside from knives? What would you all want to make for fun? Uh even as a one-off. To add a twist of, you know what you should do, I think Craig should make himself a guitar. <laughs> I've just started a couple, and it's so much fun. You, well, let's, talk about, let's not talk about ourselves. Let's talk about ourselves. <laughs> so, exactly. Ronald yeah. wants to know what we'd make what if we would, were making knives. And it says just for, knife talk. just for fun as well, because right. um, I'm making something now which isn't a knife, but it's sort of related. It's going to be a product. Um but, you know, I suppose that's not for fun. That's, that's business, I suppose. Um, fun for one-off. I suppose a guitar would be cool, but, you know, it's going to be shit. It's, it's never going to be as good as well, one that's that okay. you can, you know. Of yeah. course. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know. Um, I want to make sweet music, man. 
Oh, girl, look at you. Look at you. Oasis Jr. I love it. I love it. Liam Gallagher Jr. You sent me a picture. He's like, this is the greatest This is the greatest rock band. This is the greatest front man of all time. And I'm just like, that doesn't look like David Lee Roth. <laughs> you were showing your age there, definitely. Yeah. I know, yeah. I know. I'm yeah. such a jerk. So what do you, you know, reckon? You can make one thing for fun. Um, fun is... One to I, make. I, I th- you know what's interesting about knife talk in general is like i've said this before is a lot of times in a lot of knife podcasts deal with the business end of knife making and it you almost it almost sucks the joy out of it to be honest with you yeah like i still some i still want to like push for us to do a show where we don't really talk about doing things for money you know doing things because it'll lead to money just to do something for the sheer joy yeah and when I went to my college reunion and I spent some time with my, my college professor and I looked at some of his sculptures, sculpture looks so much fun. And it was just like bright colors and they, they were in his house and they were just like, they weren't for a gallery. They weren't for this. They were just like, he just felt like making something. I love doing that. And mm. I would tot- and it made me want to get back into making sculpture. And this giant fucking sculpture did not make me want to get back into sculpture, even though <laughs> I, I feel like I did a good job. I want to make lures again. I want to make small sculpture, intimate sculpture. Um, I'm looking forward to that. Those days are very fun. One thing about this last sculpture that was a lot of fun is a lot of people when they make sculpture, they're, everything's very predetermined and there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of the ability to be spontaneous. But when I make sculpture, in order for me to enjoy it, I want there to be spontaneity. I don't want it to be like, it's got to look just like yeah. this drawing. I hate that. that I suppose something... you, had, you had set parameters, didn't you? You had a, a certain material you had to use. You knew where it was going to be and what it, you know, you know, maybe represent as well. I suppose you had these parameters you had to adhere to. Well, not really. I could have done anything. Oh, okay. And it okay. was really like, this was the, this particular one was really about being thoughtful in regards to how we're going to get it across. Mm. The other thing is, is my ceilings aren't that tall. So, like, I had to keep <laughs> it under, you know, I had to keep it around nine feet tall. I had to, and I don't have a pu- tile, I don't have a chain hoist. I had to be able to move it myself. And, you know, David helped me a little bit in here and there. But, you know, I had to be able to move it. And then we had to figure out the footings. And, and so once we figured out where the footings were, I was married to this particular footprint so it it but i was able to be spontaneous in the construction of it which i loved and that's what i like about sculpture i don't want to make cnc sculpture i don't want to make stuff that's like you know it has to be i want to enjoy the process and so for me making sculptures for me my favorite sculpture to make is oxyacetylene gas welding. I make these little birds out of, and it's the closest thing to drawing and sculpture oh. that you can do because your your little torch with a tip is can bend, it can cut, it can weld like a pencil. So I've been doing it for so long that I can really kind of work fast. Give me a pile of eighth inch rod, and I can just kind of move quick. So I have a giant sculpture that my wife wants me to finish. It's this like three hundred pound sparrow. And she wants me to drag it to the shop and work on it some more. So I'll maybe do that. But I, I, I could definitely get, get behind making some sculpture again. Nice. That would be fun. Nice. Or a guitar. I mean, I can't play it, but mm. give it a whirl. Yeah. Something with a function, maybe. that You, you can you know do something with it. So this is cool. But Shout out to, speaking of which, you should, I don't know if you follow Keith Decent. Yes, decent. Do, yeah. uh, he made some. He made some guitars, and the cool thing is about the handmade guitars he made is, if you look at the progression from the first one to the last one, it's really really cool. Mm. He's 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 just made these electric guitars, and it was really kind of cool watching him make them. So, mm. I have thought about. I mean, you can buy like kits, 
you know, where it's, it's basically, you know, a body and you shape it and then you get the neck, which is already pre-done and stuff. And, and that's how I got into knives, really, you know, getting a few kits and, you know, putting handles on, on blades that already existed. So I'd imagine it would be almost, you know, like a drug. You know, once you once you make one, you say, "Oh, next time I'm going to make that bit myself." And next bit, and before you know it, you know, you you're balls deep and you're making guitars for a living. So, uh, yeah, probably best I don't start. Maybe. Speaking of which, balls deep, Ben Ueda. I mean, not balls deep with him, but Ben Ueda. <laughs> he took all these like plastic bottles mm. and melted them in an oven and poured it into a mold and made a guitar out of like I melted did plastic see bottles. That. Yes, yeah. Can you imagine the smell in that house? Oh, oh my God. It would stink, yeah. Oh, my yeah. God. That's poor, poor Jessie's. That's the reason why she is the way she is. She had to live next to the kitchen with the, with the melted plastic <laughs> bottles. That's why she's now she's talking to, talking to squirrels. That's what attracts the squirrels, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Good old Jess Aweda. Love you. I, Jessup, we're with you. She's a big listener. Cool. The so. next one is from Rogue Forge Blades. Uh, love the show. Question about what your opinion is on having the title of journeyman or master bladesmith. Um, is it really something worth working towards um, and getting? Or are you putting, uh, if you're already putting out good quality work, can you just let your work speak for itself? Um, would having the title mean that much or add value to your work when you're selling to the average person that probably doesn't even know what the title is about? Thank you. Good question. Yeah. What I mean, we, we sort of mentioned this with Will last, last week, didn't we? We said, you know, w- once you get, um, I mean, Will was going for his journeyman last week, which he did, which he did have. Um, we, we sort of indicated that his prices will, will, you know, go up. And he said, yeah, of course they will, of course. And, you know, this part of the question saying, you know, will it add value? Will, will people even know the average person? The thing is, there's so many collectors and that kind of thing out there that they do know about Junimans and they do know about Master Bladesmiths and they want your work and they're the ones that are willing to pay a premium for it. So, yeah, it certainly will add value to your work. Um, but my thinking about it is, I mean, we, over here in Europe, we don't have this anyway, this sort of uh, this, this sort of leveling of things. Um, but my thinking is it's, it's, it's the journey, surely, to it. You know, you're having to get better to get to these levels. Um, and each time, you know, we always talk about these, you know, these incremental changes to make yourself better and better and better. It's, it's, it's the journey of getting this certification, I think, that, that's, the, that's the value. Um, yeah, that's, you know, but yeah, it's, you can certainly add value to your work, you know, financial value to your work, because there's people out there who will specifically want your work because you are at a certain level. A couple things. Number one is when Will mentioned that his price is going to go up for that set, he could say, I mean, like, if I, just because, I mean, you, if you're making that, that particular set, he, what he said was, it is a milestone in his career. Yeah. So they're special in regards to the value in terms of Will Stelter as a bladesmith. You know, there, I, I think it's interesting because I know that there are a lot of people who say, well, should I do it because I'll make more money or there's. There's a lot, you know, just because you're journeyman Smith, you can still make the same shitty knives you were making before you're journeyman Smith. You know, it's like there's a level of detail that's different. My personal opinion is, and I got like hounded by Matt Stagmer about whether I, I, I was a, in bad, I was, I've been a member for a long time and then I'll, I'll lapse and then I'll do it again and I'll lapse and I'll do it again. I believe in the American Blazeman Society. Number two is you could be a member, Craig, you know, because I know that there's, um, 
I know that a number of our listeners from, uh, I know that our Dutch friend, uh, Mr. Markman, Eric Markman is a journeyman smith. And oh, he's wow. In, okay. He's in the Netherlands. So, and then uh, Niels Vander, Niels Vander, Black Dragon Forge, just became, and he's from South Africa, just became a, a master bladesmith. So, oh, wow. It's an international, a it's a totally, in, and I know that they're master bladesmiths from all, from France and from, it's an international organization, really. So okay. it's. Uh, I, I back to what we were talking about in terms of like the enjoyment factor, I believe in the, like exactly what you said in the journey. I think that to have like a, have like a, like a project, even if you're in college or something like that, you have a, you have a, you have an assignment and you have to meet that assignment and excel in it. I think that there's something about that journey to get there. That's really, really rich and important. That I like, I love, I love, you know, the, that idea and regardless of whether or not, yeah, you can, you don't have to do, it doesn't, doesn't mean you're less valuable, Mm -hmm. but I think it's a personal journey and it's a personal journey in regards to how you see yourself as a craftsperson and can you meet the level of expectation of the American Bladesmith Society? And I think that there's, it's very validating. I think that even if you aren't a bladesmith, I think you should join the ABS because this is, this is, the big, this is, this is big time now. They're the biggest, one of the biggest organizations in the world, and they're growing. So I'm 100% on board with the idea of doing, idea of doing it to, as personal growth. Yeah. yeah, makes sense. Makes sense. Yeah. Um, lots of people were at Blade last week, um, and Lawrence was there for Maritime Knife Supply. Um, great, great guy. Um, yeah, they are a Canadian distributor of things like combat abrasives and Rhinoet and all, all the kind of stuff that we, you know, we, we say are great things because we use them ourselves. They sell it all there, MaritimeKnifeSupply.com. Steel, belts, handle materials, tools, forges, kilns, the lot. Go take a look. They've always got special offers on belts if you buy a certain amount as well. So MaritimeKnifeSupply.com, based in Canada, but even if you're in the U.S., you can make a saving by, you know, getting it shipped into you. So, yeah, go take a look. MaritimeKnifeSupply.com and also MaritimeKnifeSupply on Instagram. Okay. Last thing about Blade Show, maybe not the last thing. Congratulations to everybody who went down there and who tested, regardless of however it went. Our hats are off to you because you 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 put your you put your neck out on the line, mm. and it's not easy. And I, actually, I'm gonna have I'm gonna have Will, uh, Matt Stagmer, and uh, James Fleming all on at the f- full blast. We're gonna talk about how nervous. Cause I was talking to all of them in the morning. <laughs> I'm having them all on the next episode. The, we're gonna have a live episode of Full Blast. Oh, well, a new new episode of Full Blast. I'm gonna have them all three of them on at the same time. I want to nice. know how nervous they all were because I was texting with. I think I was texting with Will at like six o'clock in the morning the day of, and he was like, you know, cleaning the lint off and stuff like that. <laughs> but the last thing is, is one of the things I just want to perpetuate the myth of Nicholas Rossi. Nick Rossi is the wraith of. He is the biggest gangster. Everybody was in my DMs. I'm slaving away on the sculpture, and my phone's blowing up because I'm getting these messages. Did you know what Nick Nick Rossi did? Nick Rossi, journeyman Smith. I've said one of the best uh, knife bladesmith teachers in the United States for sure. He's incredibly a wealth of knowledge and a great guy, and mm. just a you know talented motherfucker. Didn't say a word. <laughs> did his master bladesmith knives. Wow. Showed wow. up, didn't say a word, didn't say he was working on it, didn't, nobody knew a fucking thing. Showed up to Atlanta, didn't say hello to anybody, went to, or maybe he said hello to any, some people. Went to the testing room, slapped down his master bladesmith, got judged, 
past the master blade oh, wow. and oh. fucked away off. That's like the a way fucking to do it. Phantom. <laughs> the coolest. Everyone was saying to me, "What a fucking gangster!" Did you hear what Rick Rossi did? There was no like preamble and you know no you know documenting the build and I wonder if it's gonna happen or not. He didn't create a television show around it. He was a fucking ninja assassin gangster motherfucker. Nick Rossi, I will. My hats off to you. I, I always had more. I always had a ton of respect for Nick, but now it's just like, I mean, that's the way to do. That's it. the way to like, do it. Definitely, oh, yes. No, yeah, don't wow. tell a fucking word. Have everyone blown away. <laughs> and then he wouldn't. He, 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 Nick Rossi, Master Bladesmith. I can't think of a better person to to do it than Nick. Nick's the man. <laughs> nice. So. Back to that. I have. We have unsolicited advice. We have tough scenarios. We have list, lots of listener feedback. The let's, world is your you, Let's do listener feedback. Um, okay, great. Because I'm pretty sure I know what a lot of it will be about from last week's show. Well, last week's show got a lot of. <laughs> we got a lot of responses from last week's show. <laughs> yeah. We in the after show we read some. There's uh, <laughs> news about it. We had a story about a guy had a dick growing out of the side of his arm. And uh, uh, Craig and I were like a bunch of fucking giggling fools. So uh, Christopher Chevalier says, holy shit, haha, listening to you guys laughing, talking about this dude dick falling out of his sleeve was priceless. <laughs> Had a that good was laugh. The be- the- that was the best line. He was shopping and his dick fell out of his sleeve. <laughs> Yeah, that was good. Paying for the groceries and flomp. Uh, had a good laugh in the shop on that one, the poor fella. And then J.D. Eiler says, uh, what the hell am I supposed to tell my parents when they're asking why I'm hacking up along from laughter on a road trip? This man's got a dick on his arm. Come on. In all seriousness, absolutely hilarious. Great episode, guys. So that was uh, that was, that was was unexpected, but wonderful. Yeah, um, yeah. Leonardo Lee, who uh, a number of weeks ago was talking about uh, galvanized cable, did a follow-up. We had a number of people giving unsolicited advice to him in regards to galvanized and zinc poisoning. And Leonardo's responding to the listeners responding to him. So this is like very meta. Uh, I've got some listener feedback, which includes feedback about the listeners. I know zinc poisoning is bad for you. That's why I'm asking you how to get rid of it. (laughs) <laughs> so shout out to Leonardo Lee. He's uh I think the final answer is throw in the garbage. I think that was the, It's probably yeah. Well, as you would scrap say, yard, the juice isn't worth the squeeze, yeah. Yeah, whatever he said. Uh and then the last one is from Corey Phillips listening to the new episode and I wanted to give some listener feedback. We were talking about somebody asked about chisel grind knives. And we were talking about the Deba. We were talking about chisel mm, grind. Yes, you know what yeah. we're talking about? Yes, this? yeah. The short Deba that Jeff mentioned is called a Funayuki, Funayuki, which translates to going on a boat. And as a traditional fisherman's knife in Japan, although it's traditionally a single beveled knife, some makers today make it thick with a double beveled design. Or it's just a knife shape that's ground thin like a chef's knife. Hope that helps. Thanks, Corey. So. Mm. Well, Corey's actually got a question as well, so I was looking through the questions then. We might as well do this as it probably yeah, a good do time it. for him. Double uh, time Corey, Corey. Corey Phillips. And what he did, he did, like everybody else, he DM'd us on Instagram at Knife Talk Podcast, and, uh, and this is a question. I recently bought a 1x30 belt sander, and I began practicing grinding on some beta knives. Any tips or resources for learning how to grind properly? Um, how about recommend belts or gear? Um... 
gr- I mean, there's grinding properly, and then there's grinding properly on a one by thirty, which we, we briefly touched on last week. How difficult it is. Um, right. How how much easier it is by a two with a two by seventy two rather? Because uh, some people do an amazing work on those one by thirties, but sure. I think what 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 we come up with in the end was those motors just aren't really up to it. You know, you, as soon as you put any any sort of meat onto the onto those uh, belts, it's just going to start seizing up, and it's right. it's, it's not going to do the best job. Um, but tips generally um, on learning how to grind properly. Um, blasphemy here but i mean i still use one i still use a tool rest um and i and i you know i, I brace myself and 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 use a tool rest um a lot of people say oh, maybe you shouldn't um occasionally i'll use jigs as well um use whatever you need to use um but yeah i mean you you're doing the right thing you've got a bunch of beaten knives and you, you know you're trying to find the angle and you, you you're doing what you should be doing and it's just uh, it's just time and i think just, i think just practice but yeah, don't be afraid to use the two rests or jigs or whatever you need to get to get the job done. And do you have any resources you'd suggest? Um, no, not really. Um, there's, I mean, there's plenty of YouTube videos out there. You know, you mentioned Nick Rossi earlier. He's got some amazing videos there on um, his website. Yeah, he's teaching. He's doing classes. He's yeah. got like classes that are awesome, totally awesome. I think he's got one on grinding. So. Mm. But yeah, I think it's one of those things you just need to get the feel for. As much as you can look at videos until you actually try it yourself and get that feeling, it's never going to really work. So, you know, you're doing the right thing. Get loads of beaten knives and, and just keep working through them. And, you know, you'll get this muscle memory and it'll all just come to you slowly. And, you'll, you know, you look back and go, Jesus, what I did, you know, a month ago, I thought this was good. It's so much better now. You want to talk blasphemy. If I had the choice between using a, a one by a one, what do you say, one by forty, one by thirty, one yeah, by thirty, 30 and yeah. anything else, I think I'm going to use a right angle grinder. I don't <laughs> know why. Why not? Why not? Because I mean, you're probably. I. Well, I mean, as a fabricator, we use right angle grinders all the time. Mm. Not with a rock on it, with like a disc, yeah, and not yeah. a flap disc. Because everyone's using a flap disc. <laughs> flap discs are good at the end, but they ain't good for like cutting the shit in yeah we think i think we should do like the right angle grinder challenge i mean i hate oh, to do a challenge it's gonna be I fingers think, off eyes taken no out way. it's gonna be terrible you know, listen here's the thing i think i even once saw this aaron goff did a a knife jig you remember his knife jig where it was aaron aaron yeah where he had like an eye bolt and then he had a uh you know file and it was ah uh, yes yes clamped to the them. bar yeah. and stuff like that yeah. i bet you that you could make that same jig and then th- use a threaded rod that fits your the side of your wrangle grinder you know where you're mm-hmm. where you're yeah. you know and then make a jig i bet you could do i bet you could make beautiful i'm sure there are plenty of people who are cutting in angle cutting in bevels with a right angle grinder i don't know why we we I think that we come to the conclusion that this is the way to do it. Two by seventy two grinders are great because number one, you have a ton of belt. Yeah. You have a lot of belt. You have what six feet of belt, or uh, yeah, you get six feet of belt, and then it's get plus two inches. You get a lot of you get a lot of abrasive, and your yeah. motor's really hard and fast, and you got the ball, ball bearings, and you got everything going on. It goes and a nice wide platen, so you got a nice wide surface to do it once. Yeah. Who's to say that's the only way to grind bevels? You know, I bet you there's tons of people out there who 
don't aren't on the internet or don't listen to podcasts or don't aren't told the way you're supposed to do it and they're knocking out some beauties with the right angle grinder oh, i yeah. always yeah, sure. think i use the right angle grinder all the time i use the wire brush all the time i love the wire brush i i don't i if i had the choice if you said to me what's the what would be the cheapest way to cut in the bevels i'm using a right angle grinder believe it or not wow. i can't believe it yeah. i'm back on the right angle grinder community <laughs> i'm why not you could fit. You could make a jig with a writing and grinder. Yeah, and then yeah I'm sure zip, you could. Zip, zip. I'm sure you could. Um, I think I'd, I'd stick with a one by thirty personally. Um, I bet you cut in those. I bet you cut in the writing. I bet you cut in bevels with a writing and grinder so fast to make your head spin. You know, <laughs> dealing with a little little those one by thirty belts are for like flossing your teeth. <laughs> There's not much there, you know. But how are you going to handle the, the transition between you know where the, the bevel stops? How are you going to do that? What do you mean? What do you mean? Where? Well, you're not on a chef's knife or like a plunge line? Well, like a plunge line, I suppose. Yeah, you're, put you're not going to put it in a file guide. Jesus, why not? Fear, fear, fortune favors the brave. You need a, just yeah. like I told Will Selter, a little peril in your life's not so bad. If you do, you got beater knives anyway. Everywhere. Who cares? Sparks everywhere. Cutting you through learn, your file see, guides. See, this no, is the reason no, why no. You, you've worked in a metal shop. You got to learn how to, you know, learn how to shoot the sparks. You can't be just you're a rooster tailing it all over the place and burn mm. the whole joint down. Well, I mean, the one advantage of using a one by thirty is you have to go slow. You know, you're not, you're never going to take lots of material off, you know, per sort of swipe. So you have to go slow, and that's a good way of, you know, of, of getting your angles and setting your angles and that kind of thing. So it is I th- personally, I think it, it's a, it is quite a good way of learning. Um, and if you can do something good on a one by thirty, you can do something amazing on a two by seventy two. Yeah, but you're going so fast that. 40 for that right angle grinder, man. You've been ripping through that <laughs> shit. You're fucking, all of a sudden, you're just like, well, what the fuck was I doing? This? Okay. Myself I, I do- expect to see something from you this week, uh, Jeff. Oh, I don't have enough to do? I got an assignment? <laughs> I thought about it a while ago. I said, you know, someone's got to come. I bet you, I bet one of these one of these rough and tumble YouTube, up and coming YouTubists who want to be famous could come up with a tutorial on how to grind a bevel with two discs, two, two, two grinding discs. And then, you know, obviously you're going to need the, you know, it's not going to work well with with stainless, but I bet you knock out some fucking knives, beautiful knives with carbon steel. There you go. Controversy, controversy. Not for me. Yeah. yeah. Oh, man. I, I would, I would do, I would use a, a, I would use a 45, I would use a red angle grinder over a one by 30 in a heartbeat. Be like, Give me that fucking thing. Let's go, baby. Crazy, man. I'm crazy. What dilemmas do we have this week? Oh, you boy, dilemmas, dilemmas, and don't forget we got unsolicited. I asked for unsolicited advice. We got a pile. Okay, okay. So the first uh, tough scenario. So guys, if you're listening to this podcast, you're thinking I want to contribute to the show because I'm, uh, you know, I'm. This is a give and take situation. Uh, go to Knife Talk Podcast on Instagram. Give us a follow. You can reach out to the show. You can send me weird news there too. Like if you got some weird fucking story. <laughs> I mean, some of you guys send me some like you know, too horny but at the same time it's fine uh tough scenario so tyler moore says here's a dilemma there's a here's a new dilemma for me a customer a customer commissioned a stainless steel damascus chef's knife selected very expensive material i'm excited i'm excited uh, um all for it then the dude tells me he wants a textured edc type handle in black g10 smiley face laughy face Mm. And then the teeth face. What's the teeth face? You know when your eyes are open and then it's like you're gritting your teeth like yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Like, oh yeah. So he's he's like I gotta do this you gonna do a you gonna do a uh, 
one of them. Have you seen? Have you ever made one of those EDC style handles where they're bumping it on the contact wheel? No, I, I know what you mean, but it's like chunks taken out of it, kind of thing. Yeah, um, with G10 as well. Oh, it, I think the thing is, once you, if you're taking orders, like, um, it sounds terrible, taking orders, but you literally are taking orders um, from a customer saying exactly what they want. Um, I suppose that's what you do. You, 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 you know, you, you make the customer happy, I suppose. Um, it does seem a real shame, you know, because, you know, you're going to have, you're going to want, you're going to want probably some beautiful burl or something on there. But, you know, if you just want some, some rough G10 with chunks taken out of it. That's what's paying the bills, I suppose, isn't it? Yeah. Um, you know, it's one of those things. Uh, look, people think they know what they like. You know, I, I've made knives that I'm just like, anytime I get an order for a uh, a Damascus full tang knife, I always say to them, and look, you're paying more for material that's being hidden, you know, mm. and... You know, I explain it all, and that's what they want. And I'm like, okay, no problem. It's a little bit more work, but I'm like, all right, this is what you want. I'm with you, you know. And look, just bump it with the, you know, get yourself a tootsie roll on the end of that Dremel, and bump, 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 and then yeah. there you go. Yeah. I suppose the the other thing is, yeah, to go back to the customer and say, well, okay, it all sounds great, but you know, have you seen these? Look how beautiful this looks, and that kind of thing. Maybe try and sway them if, if that's what you want to do, but. You know, it's your time, but you know you could well be just wasting time if that's if they're set on what they want. You know, that's what they want. I'm afraid. There, Not everybody has taste. There also there are specific people who go to restaurants who like to change the menu. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, I don't know if you know any of them. I know a few yeah. people who are just like, can I have this off of this plat plate and that off of that plate? And they're just like, they feel the need to have a degree of control. Yeah, it's like they're claiming a bit of glory. In, in whatever success that, that they'll have. It's like, well, I did that bit. You know, that was my idea. You know, that kind of thing. It's like, oh, really? I mean, I can understand it. Like, if you, instead of, like, sometimes, like, I've been to places where, like, they have an appetizer that's just so great that I just get two of those appetizers. Yeah, so, yeah. yeah, yeah. But at the same time, it's just like, you know, yeah. I, if you want to, if you don't want to do it, you can say to them, like, I got a better idea. Listen. And then give an explanation why. Mm. You know, it sounds like it's, you know, if you're not if you're not into it, you know you can. You know, I think that they also people also like when you have a your sense of opinion and taste. So, yeah, and uh, that's another thing to think of. They're coming to you as the expert. So, you know, by trying to sway them, I think maybe that's even part of your job as well as the expert. You know, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, okay, this one comes from our friend Nice Handmade Knives. Nice. He gave us a bit a while ago that I loved. I don't remember what it was, but he did a great job. Dilemma slash question is a long one. I apologize. You have a customer that has bought a knife off your newsletter that is yellow. They order a custom, and the only feedback they give you on the handle is yellow is, quote, yellow to be discussed. Yet after sending a few emails with no response, they purchase another newsletter knife that's also yellow, although completely different from the custom request, and the first knife do you proceed or just make the custom however you want using yellow or hold off until you hear back from them? They're not on social media, and the only contact they have with you is their email, which they have not responded to, nor have they responded to a note in the in the package on the second knife to reach out to discuss the further custom. So let's just back it up. Oh, yeah. Customer buys a knife off the newsletter and says, I want it to be yellow. 
then buys another knife from him that's already yellow. Then you, it's just he's confused on what this customer wants. Customer's not reaching back. Do I make the knife or do I wait for this guy? What do I do? Does it make sense? Yeah, yeah, sort of. Um, I mean, if, if, if you're asking them a question, they want a custom knife and you ask them the question, they're not responding. I'd, personally, I'd hold off. I'd maybe, you know, send a couple of emails and wait till they get back to you because, you know, you'd want to be going through all the time and expense of, of making a knife if it's not right. This is, you know, if it's a custom knife, it needs to be to their sort of specs. So, yeah, it's a bit of a strange one, that, isn't it? But um, I'd probably hold off personally. You know, send an email, or, you know, one a week, you know, for a few weeks. And I'm sure they'll get back to you eventually. But, um, yeah, that is a weird one. Sometimes people suck at getting back to you. And and that's just the way it is. What I, I guess what I would do would be, like, send a couple of emails and see if you can find their telephone number. You want to rattle someone's cage, call them up. I've called people up <laughs> who have not responded to emails, and they're always surprised. And it's always just, hey, this is Jeff Fader. And I, P.S., I have a move. Um, I, when I worked for Charlie Palmer, when he would call, he would be very, his, his opening lines would be very, you know, it wasn't just like, hi, it's Charlie. I'd be like, Hey, it's Charlie. What's going on? And it was always very much along the lines of like, would like almost wake you up a little bit. Yeah. Like you put you out on there. So I started to do that all the time. And I even did it to Charlie a couple times and it took him back a little bit. Hey, Charlie, it's Fader. What's going on? You know, and, and uh, you say it like that, and oh, I'm in trouble. Fuck! You'll be you'd be surprised at how all of a sudden they kind of straighten up. So there are times where I'll call up and I'll say, I'll say, "Hey, this is Jeff Fader from Fader Knives. Is this a bad time?" And then usually you'll get a good fast response. So hmm. my suggestion would be to get them on the phone. I hate, I hate it when things are confusing because customers some. Guys are buying multiple chef knives for a lot of money. For even if it's not a lot of money, they're not too worried about things. You know, mm. I think you could call this guy up and say, "Let's just clear the air and figure out exactly what I want to get you what you want." Exactly. Or yeah. Yeah. email him and say, "I want to make sure I get you exactly what you want." So let's just figure this out. Yeah. Um, and if they're not responding, you know, your next email says, "Look, you know, I'm I'm ready to make your knife. I do, all I need from you is this," and you know. I'm waiting on you. Exactly. If exactly. you write, if I'm there, waiting on you, back in their court, yeah, back in their court, and then all of a sudden I'm waiting. I'm waiting on you. You know, yeah. it's, but don't do. Don't say it like I'm waiting on you, like <laughs> Karen or something like that. You got to do it more along the lines of like, got to be cool. You got to be like, I'm ready to go. Just waiting to hear back from you. Exactly. You exactly. Know, That's all you need to do. Yeah. That's the move. Solving problems. Look at us. Well, you know, I mean, that's all, this, this is Knife Talk Podcast, number one knife-related podcast <laughs> on this germ-infested planet, period. End of sentence, you know? So we do have a lot of unsolicited advice. We do have community showcase. We have weird news. We save for later. But what's yeah, up yeah. to you? Let's do some um, unsolicited advice. Uh, I can't even say unsolicited that's, that's advice. Tough. Yeah, it's yeah. tough. Speaking of which, I have not been drinking at all. And be, I'm not saying that you are. But I, mean, I, just, I, I, I haven't today either. No, I am I have a guy. My wife got me tickets to see the Yankees for Father's Day next week. And it just happens to be I'm having my uh, physical and blood ch- blood test the, the, set, the Friday. So I all I want is all that I wanted was to go to Yankee Stadium and have a glizzy and a beer, and I can't even have a glizzy and a beer. What's a glizzy? Oh, you don't know what a glizzy? So, no, no. <laughs> glizzy is. I love 
youth culture. So glizzy used to be, I guess it was slang for a penis. And then, so you're you open for a penis this weekend. <laughs> well, I mean, it's also slang for a hot, so the start, people started calling hot dogs glizzies. Oh, okay, okay. They also yeah, call okay. guns glizzies. So like a gun, a penis, and a hot dog is called yeah. a glizzy. Okay. So now in the house, we and then, you know, they, they talk, you know, you hear people talk about glizzies all the time. So. So my kid, my kid, you know, says to, you know, she's, Hillary says, she's very excited about going to this game. And, and uh, my kid says, yeah, dad can't have a glizzy though. And she knows that it means penis. Yeah. So, yeah. so she's always, every five minutes, she's just like, yeah, dad wants a glizzy. <laughs> so because, you know, I have one glizzy and then all of a sudden my cholesterol is going to be, you know, I can't have a glizzy right before the blood test. They're going to put me in the, you know. But I gotta look good, so I can't have a beer and I can't have a fucking glizzy for oh, the next Jesus two weeks. Christ, that's fine. Well, I'm, I lost a lot of weight, so I got. But I have to like, I have to show up the doctor. The doctor gave me Fritz last time. I'm gonna come in there. I'm gonna come in there screaming and apologize to me. Hmm. So yeah, no something to prove. Yeah. yeah, yeah, of course. Every you can always spite is the best. If you don't work on spite, <laughs> you're missing an opportunity. I'm fucking going. I'm having a spite doctor's appointment. <laughs> All right, so here's unsolicited advice. So if you want to uh, reach out and unsolicited advice, I like unsolicited advice when it's like, you know what you should do? You should, you know, Craig should make a guitar. I like that shit. Yeah. It's like, and we it's used a, to get a lot of these before we made a point of it being in the show where people would just say, you know what you should do? You should make a knife that does so and so. And it's just like, okay. Yeah. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what you should do? You should do this and the, and the thing. So, yeah, it's it's obnoxious. So we, if you want to send someone, it's usually unsolicited advice or you know what you should do. So this one first comes from Mike Poor. Mike Poor says, if a hot chick starts following you on Instagram, block that motherfucker. Not today, Putin. Not today. <laughs> So, us, all us knife makers, we, we know that the only women to follow us are like spam bots. Yeah, Chinese no spam real, bots. Yeah. We're not like, you know, we're not, you know, whatchamacallit, Chalamet. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I don't give a shit about it. I, I tell you what, I get a lot of um, WhatsApp messages saying, oh, hi, you're in my contacts. Do I know you? And you look, and there's this, 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 this beautiful, you know, yeah. fake, fake picture. And it's just like, what 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 does this do? You know, are people replying saying no? But I think you're beautiful. Should we start? You know, what what? what? I, I I don't see why they do it. This is the, this is the this is the this is that bottom feeder scam shit. I mean, now the whole thing is I'm getting these messages. Hey, I need your help, and it's not about money. <laughs> do you get ever get those <laughs> straight in that? No, no. I don't. There's no. a lot of those. It's just like, hey, man, I really need your help, and it's not about money. Is is the new like? Oh wow. You know, uh, uh, you know, way to get your. You know, authorization gets your shit wet, stolen away. So, yeah, uh, exactly. Yeah. Not today, Putin. Uh, Lorian said, Lorian Blade says, I know you didn't ask. I think the arrows on the belts are for your own use. So you can orient the belts the same way each time as the abrasive wears from being run in one direction. I'm totally talking out of my ass. I'm, wait, no, I'm not totally. I'm totally ta- talking out of my ass. Uh, but you're probably used to that by now. So you you once talked to some because I know that I know that I've been to places where that when they're when they're talking about the 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 arrows and the belts they mm. say you the arrow should go forward. But you you did some research on that, right? Yes, and basically what what this guy is saying it's it's yeah it's just, it's just for your own sort of 
you know, your own thing, so you know which way you've been running the belts. Um, because, you know, we've talked in the past as well, if you if you then spin it around and run the belt the other way, you sometimes get an extra bit of life out of them as well. Um, but, yeah, I can't remember who I spoke to, who it was. You spoke I, to a knife guy, and I thought that that was – uh, you spoke to an abrasives company, and I thought that they said that it was so – when they're put – because when they make the abrasives, they're not just making – you know, Combat doesn't just yeah. make 2 by 72 They get huge rolls, and they cut them to shape. Yeah, it was, I a, thought it was, it was a previous sponsor. <laughs> That's what I'm being so vague about. Oh, it. <laughs> gotcha. gotcha. But um, yeah, basically they said they said that it, it it makes no if you run it the other way, it makes no real difference. Um, but what you'd want to do is you know keep chopping and changing because you'll slightly maybe stretch the belt or you know the tape may loosen or whatever reason I can't remember where it was. But um, yeah, if you run it the other way, I don't think it makes any real difference. No, I it I like you said, I get a lot extra out of it when I flip it the other way because then it's not cutting it's cutting a little bit different yeah, i thought it was yeah. from the way that they how they meet up something like that. on the seam mm. right yeah for the manufacturer of the belts or something like that but who knows uh feral boy knife says hey you know what you should do put a knife within a knife knifeception <laughs> you know i've seen them really cheap um chef knives you you, you see the set like skeleton knives you know and where the gap is they another one fits so you get like five knives and like a bloody oh, russian, yeah. like a russian doll really yeah, yeah. cheap shit you know but, uh, yeah, yeah i have seen those too it's uh, hilarious great for food release <laughs> speaking of weird ideas i'm surprised that like a camp knife company hasn't figured out to make the sheath a cutting board Hmm. You know, like a little cutting board for, like, why Why not have your, if you have like a small kitchen, here you go, guys, get your billion idea. You can take this idea of just call, say I'm with you. You have to, you have to, you have to give me a little credit. And you don't have to give me, you don't do anything. But if, what if the knife block was your cutting board? How come no one's figured that one out yet? Yeah. Have they? It's, especially if it was like a, like a chopper, you know, with a big sort of rectangular thing. And you, yeah, that would work. Or just hmm. even like your knife block is the cutting board. I mean, it would probably be expensive to replace, but that'd be kind of cool, wouldn't it? Hmm. No? So, no. So, no. <laughs> no. What if you no. 3D printed it? Or 3D, I don't know. I, I, I figure, I figured, you know, if you go on a camping trip, I know it would be great to have, if you have one of the owners from our friend uh, Quentin Middleton, that's great. But what if you had, like, your, 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 camping, your camping knife sheath was a cutting board? Hmm. Yeah, I say I can see it working it. for for a chopper, but um, you don't like it. No, not really. You don't like that idea at all. No, no, <laughs> not back in that one. No. All right. Well, fine. Somebody's going to. I, I'm sure of it. Um, uh, Jake Norris says, "Hey, you know what you should do? Use knife talkisms to influence your color lab names: Pigeon Heart, Skipper Dude, Cheeky Finger, etc." <laughs> we have we had some good ones. We had some good little wordos. Better call it a knife, a cheeky finger. No, I don't yes. think so. Yeah, skipper do isn't skipper do is not uh, going to make, yeah. make the cut. I, I you know, I got to I used to be. I was involved. Naming sculpture was to me very important because I spent a little time with this glass blower. His name is Stephen Rolf Powell, and I and I might have even mentioned to him. And my roommate Miles and I went to go visit him, and he was blowing glass, and mm. he named his his sculptural glass blowing pieces every name was very important it was a three word name so the first word was describe the size the second word described the feeling and the third word third word was a last name so it would be like 
big bulbous Jones or or like you know large green uh, Smith, yeah. and but and it, but it was like far more clever than that. And all of a sudden, I was just like, you know what? I like that. So for me, naming was very important. So who gives a shit what I have to say? Uh, forged Allard says hello, brown baggers. You know what you should do if you're a, quote, knife maker from Pakistan? Don't target knife makers that sell your knife. <laughs> yeah. Um, they're the last person on earth that want to buy it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I'm getting emails from them now as well. It's like, hey, if you want to produce knives, we can, we can get these for you. You know, a thousand of these for, you know, 50 pence or whatever. And you just think, geez, how would they even got my email, you know? Yeah. But, um, yeah, it's a strange ploy to, you know, marketing ploy to target a uh, uh, Knife makers with your shitty knives. They don't know. They, but they think maybe you're. I think that they believe that maybe you're like a distributor, and then mm, you possibly, would, you know, and yeah. they're just. I mean, I think most of these scammers are 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 or whatever. I don't even know if they're scammers or not. They're just like bottom feeders. Probably don't get a lot of money, and you know, they're just you know like cold calling people. You know, yeah. and, and they're just like hoping that they get that one response who's just like, oh, I'm ready to buy. Yeah, and they're, they're probably just buying lists of email addresses. They're not like, looking at any of these companies to see what they do. They just throw enough shit and see what sticks, I suppose. Yeah, yeah. of course, of course, yeah. of course. Plumley Knives says, I know you didn't ask, but this is a, you know what you should do. Uh, I, know, I, I don't know if I said this is a, you know what you should do, but more post-Blade Show advice for newbies. I just came back from my first Blade show in Atlanta. Before I went, I was following all these people who were attending and looking forward to talking. I was looking forward to talking to them. Once I was at the show and making my way around from table to table, I was surprised at how hard it was to get a conversation started with some of these makers, even though they're very outspoken on their Instagrams. At the end of the show, I noticed that if I asked enough questions to them, not beat berating them, they would start to open up and feel more comfortable with the conversations and give really awesome advice afterwards. Um, so to say that my advice is for Blade Show is have some icebreaker questions ready for the makers that you're wanting to talk and learn from. Thanks for the read uh, last week. I'm with you guys. I, you know, I would think that knife makers in general are solitary people. Yeah. When I you're think doing so. Instagram... Yeah. It's kind of like a one. You're, it's like you're talking to your a mirror. Like you don't really like have. I mean, you get messages back and DMs back and stuff like that, but you're not having like a personal interaction. Mm -hmm. So these guys just, you know, if they're spending their, all this time in their shops and they're alone all the time or whatever, or they're just not very social, and they get involved with this like community. From what I understand, I was listening to uh, to uh, uh, Brian's Brian's podcast, uh, Work For It, and it was like overwhelming. They were like, it was amazing, and they all couldn't walk five feet without talking to someone, and it was really overwhelming and amazing. If you're generally a, probably like a introvert, you probably get overwhelmed by yeah. like people asking a million questions. Yeah. So... And from you what know. I've never been to Blade, from what I gather, it's a big old place. So, you, you know, you may be the thousandth person that, you know, try to start a conversation with them that day. You know, they're dying for a piss, they need a sandwich, and they're just like, oh, please. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's got to be difficult. Um, I, I think I'd struggle in that environment, you know, you know starting conversations with, with, oh. with, with people. But, uh, yeah, it's, you know, it's, it's, it's going to be one of those. I'd imagine it's tiring as hell. You know, a couple of days there, I'd imagine meeting all these people and, as you said, all the small talk and all the rest of it. It's going to be tiring as hell. A 
poor Brian Cohen and, and uh, his tootsies hurt afterwards. He said walking too hard, his, his feet hurt. He's feet yeah. work, he's well, I can so recommend hard. some shoes for you, Brian. They're oh, amazing. Brian, do not buy <laughs> Craig's horrendous. I hope you wear those shoes to your recording session. <laughs> that would be awesome. These are like nursing shoes. These are like, you know, the worst. These grinding shoes are the worst. Uh, you should definitely wear that. I think I'm on my, my third or fourth pair now. I love them. I love them. Oh, God. Brian May. Go, go sing in a... Go use Brian May's guitar, and then the next thing you know, you're wearing them fucking orthopodics or whatever the fuck they're called. One is six inches higher than the other. <laughs> Skipper dues. Um, the Canton Cutler says, get a sandblaster. A hundred uh, thousand and one applications, and you can't go without it. Um... I got a couple more. You tell me. Um, I tell. You, I want to tell everybody first about Dharma Steel. We talked earlier about some, you know, some high class uh, Damascus, which was stainless. And I'm thinking that's probably Dharma Steel. Um, Dharma Steel SE. They make beautiful, beautiful stuff. They have got a whole range of patterns. Um, you sort of buy by the inch. It's beautiful, beautiful stuff. Um, so if you want to level up um, and work with some stainless uh, Damascus. Dharma Steel SE is, is the place to go. Um, they've got Dharma Steel Lab on Instagram as well, and they put some amazing stuff on there. So um, not just knives, there's jewelry, there's all sorts of stuff. So go take a look, dharmasteel.se. If you register for an account there, when you place an order, if you use Knife Talk 10, you'll get 10% off too. There you go. There's two. You know, oh, pardon me, I'm sorry. Sorry, so I was going to say, if you're going to use a premium steel, you're going to want a premium grinder as well, aren't you, Jeff? Oh, the Broadback Ironworks 2x72 grinder is the, is the one. I love mine, and it's super, super-duper versatile. I love using it uh, vertically, horizontally. I love, love, love the Mareco Platin, and I'll tell you why. Not just because it's got Mareco's name on it, but because it's it's got a deep throat, and then the bottom wheel, I believe that I get more torque. I get more torque because the bottom wheel is bigger. I don't know what it is, and the platen's a little bit smaller. But it's just a dynamite platen, and if you go to um, if you go to broadbackironworks.com, and I don't know which pro, I don't know if they're still doing what. The thing is, is they do so many promos, that, especially during <laughs> during holidays, yeah. that you got to be following them. You have to be following Broadback Ironworks because they have special deals all the time. Right now, I'm under the impression that if you put in the promo code Knife Talk, you get the upgrade to the Mareco Platen, which is my favorite of all the flat platens. Definitely go to iron, uh, broadbackironworks.com and follow them on Instagram because, like I said, yeah. they might have yeah. 4th of July is coming up. You know, that might be your move. They might have a deal going on then. Who knows? But they're yeah. very, very active. Very active. Yeah. And they're very sort of in with the community as well. So if there's something specific that you want, like with regards to a sort of a package deal, uh, just send them a message and they'll make a package up for you. Um, and they'll, they'll throw a few dollars off you, I'm sure they would as well, if you say you listen to the show. And Ben Seacrest is involved. He's, he's, he's involved with them. Forge and Fire champion. They're all mm. Forge and Fire guys. Ben Seacrest listens every morning. First thing, I'm sending my highest regards. I'm saluting old Ben Seacrest. Fire yeah. Ice Forge. There we go. I have two more that I want to use. Two more that I want to use to put in our next call to action for the listeners. Okay. Jake Norris it. says, "You know what you should do? Bring back some hot takes." So we're gonna bring back some hot takes. I'm yeah. just messing around. I had to get that off my chest. But his hot take is: This is gonna be. Don't get mad at me for saying this, guys. And don't get mad. Oh, you can get mad at. Don't get mad at anybody. Just have a sense of humor, everybody. Cue my. 
is the epoxy river table of knife making. That's a fucking hot take right there, man. <laughs> I don't know what Kumai is, but I know Kumai what the epoxy is. the copper. It's the, it, I, I believe. Oh, that, yeah. It's, it's the, like it's, yeah. sand mine, and there's a copper liner in there. Got you, yeah. Yeah. So it's, it's the epoxy river. Okay, okay. Well, the river table, the epoxy yeah. river, you know, the river yeah. table. If I you know talk the ones, to, yeah. Those, uh, you talk to a woodworker about a po- about a uh, epoxy river table. Oh boy, they get a little hot and on the collar, <laughs> hot in the collar. At any one point, there's about ten thousand videos being uploaded to Instagram of somebody pouring that epoxy. Well, it's it's a you know what it's it's the same thing. You know that's the same thing. Knife making and there are all these little crafts that people. You know, you show a video and then you think to yourself, "That's really cool. I could do that." And then you do it, and then all of a sudden, it's like. Obviously, maybe you can make a couple bucks. Maybe you figured it out. Maybe it looks great. Maybe somebody else wants it. And then all of a sudden, it's just like, you know, all over the place. Yeah, so, yeah. but I mean, you talk to them, right? And I think, yeah, boy, they don't like <laughs> woodworkers. They don't like a boxy <laughs> table. And apparently, the guy who created it is furious. The guy who like first like started it is furious that the market is flooded with these goddamn tables. Really? Oh, oh wow. furious! Yeah. I think he wanted to, and I might be wrong, but he, I think he wanted to trademark the concept. And I mean, what is he? Cold steel? You can't just trademark concepts, yeah. can you? <laughs> yeah. Uh, and then Benny's tool and cutlery says, uh, "Here's some. Here's a hot take." So here's what a hot take is, ladies and gentlemen. It's basically it's a it's a proclamation, and generally. It's like a hot take. It's controversial, spicy, and it's forceful. But please, don't send us all the penis ones. Like, I get a lot of, like, I get a lot of porny ones, and I'm just like, I really don't want to talk to Mareko and Craig and talk <laughs> all the porny stuff. I mean, we talk about the, you know, the guy with the dick on his arm, but, I mean, that was funny. And, and that was real legitimate news. It wasn't just like, well, I wasn't just, like, making the story up. You know, so. Legitimate news. Legitimate news. <laughs> we, people needed to know. That was from a legit... Public service. My yeah. favorite thing to do now is find outrageous news and read it normally, <laughs> not feeling like I should be judged because it's from the news. I'm reporting what the news said. So I can re- read something that's completely outrageous, and it isn't... My, I didn't come up with it. These guys didn't. They're a news source. So here's your hot take uh, from Benny's... Benny's tool and cutlery. Serbian cleavers are the crossfit of knives. <laughs> Nothing says I'm a latte sipping Melburian, Melbur- Melburnian, like Melbourne, a Serbian yeah, yeah. cleaver. I love a hot take, especially when it's kind of like a haiku. It should be a little bit poetic. You know, we once said that uh, uh, those hybrid handles is the crossfit of knife making. I love these when you guys get a little bit creative. I don't like it when you sometimes we would get hot takes where you're criticizing another maker. We don't want to do that. But if you want to do a little ball breaking in the knife making community, I support it. So next week I want you to get your hot takes, guys. But be, knife be talk thoughtful. podcast on Instagram. Be thoughtful. So there you go. Okay. Let's we've got a bunch of community showcases here in the notes. Should we just rattle through them all? Yeah, really let's do it. Or we save a couple from record comes back. Yeah, Whatever okay, you want. Okay, okay. First one is from Griff, and I think he sent a couple last week as well. Uh, community Showcase. Um, his, this is a bit different, actually. So it's DC underscore custom underscore knives. Uh, Dan passed away last year. He's an incredibly talented and resourceful knife maker whose blog helped many new knife makers all over the world. Thankfully, his Instagram is still up, and so is the blog, and the blog is a wealth of information and resources. Uh, so though no, Dan is no longer with us, I encourage those listening to the podcast to check out the blog. Uh, to name 
to name the least there's an extensive pdf library of downloadable knife profile designs which many new knife makers listening to the show have inquired about in the past you can find it at dcknives.blogspot.com that's a good one griff i've, I've, I've looked at that to see yeah there's some good stuff there i think you talked it wasn't you someone who inspired you yeah, um, years yes, ago? We, we, yeah, we'd, we'd spoken in the past a few times and that kind of thing, yeah. Um, so, yeah, it was very sad, obviously, when, when he passed last year. But, um, yeah, it, I said, his stuff is still online, so you can take a look. dcknives.blogspot.com Donnie Dulovich says, he says, I think the arrows on your belts are for your own use, so you can orient the belts the same way each time as the abrasive wears from uh, one from the other. I'm totally talking on my ass, but you're used to that. You know what? Fuck it. I wrote the wrong one. Sorry, guys. I, I'm sorry. Donnie Dulovich, we're with you. Cayman Knives' community showcase is Adonis underscore Forge underscore Arts. Came, ben Cayman rules. That, dude, that guy's knives blow my doors off. Well, if you know Ben Kamen? No, I don't. I'm going to look oh now. Oh, my God. How do you not? Look now. Are you out of your mind? This is, this is the most shocking thing of all time. I really use Instagram now, so let's K-A-M-O-N. He makes these. I'm going I'm to say Ben. Ben listens to the podcast. It's a full blast. Ben, I, I ch- chat to Ben every so often. He's Austrian. And I want to come on, but he's afraid of his English. I don't give a shit. I want him on. He does these knives that have incredible transitions and textures he has forged uh, top sections of the, mm. the beautiful forge he has these beautiful transitions into s grinds but what he does it's unbelievable is he ha- he mills out the the bolster and the butt cap and he machines them in so there are these mm. you know like pocket grooves and he is one of my favorites of all time came and i've spent beautiful photography as well oh dude ben's um, a monster He's yeah. a monster. Oh, he's a monster. Yeah, Cayman underscore knives. That's Cayman with a K. K A M O N. But his community knife. showcase was Adonis underscore Forge underscore Arts, who's also a monster. There we go. So, two for one there. Two for uh, one. Benny's Tool and Cutlery. Hey, cuties. Community showcases. Brendan underscore Atkinson underscore knives. What's with all these underscores? Brendan underscore Atkinson underscore knives. He makes some high end bowies, uh, and his leather work is just as good. Collage Forge says for the Maker Show pay, Showcase at a hundred underscore knives makes amazing work. Uh, also varied. Craig A. Sylvester says check out um, Ely Knives. So it's E L E E Knives on Instagram. So uh, these are great actually. So if you're just getting into sort of knife making and you're looking for inspiration, th- these are probably you know these these have been recommended by other by other knife makers. So it's probably a good place to look. Let's do the last two. Uh, John Robeson says, hey, I want to give a spotlight on Bowman, B-O-W-M-A-N. My bad. Bowman Made Knives, B-O-M-A-N-M-A-D-E-K-N-I-V-E-S. Bowman Made Knives. He's an awesome maker and a really helpful guy. He's helped me, and I know he's helped other makers, so I think he should be, he should, he needs a shout-out. It's awesome that you guys are bringing back the Community Showcase. Thanks to Sack Knives for giving us the suggestion. That's nice. Nice. I just had a brief look at the next one. You should read it. Fucking Kyle. Fucking Kyle. Kyle Heath. Um, (laughs) Kyle Keith. I'd like to give a shout out to a young, at least fucking wrong there to start with, (laughs) up and coming maker. He just started blacksmithing classes and is ready to, to to, to take the next step forging. I couldn't be more excited to follow his journey. 
get on his books fast. I'm still waiting for a bottle opener. <laughs> his handle is Chop Knives. So Kyle's had this thing where he's got a bottle opener from Jeff and from Morocco. And he's looking for the trifecta. He's looking for a bottle opener for me. But I don't make them. I, you know, I, I, you know I, I'm going to have to one day just to stop Kyle Dude, doing this kind of shit. Kyle sends me messages. What is it going to take to get Craig to make me a bottle opener? I'm like, you're going to have to browbeat him, I guess. You should. I'm surprised you haven't done one. with even. You could do one without forging. You know, all yeah, you need no, is... Yeah, I could. Oh, yeah, I could. I could I'll tell yeah, you, I if could. you, ladies and gentlemen, I'll tell you how easy it is. All you need is really, I mean, the whole, the spacing between the tab and the bar should be about five-eighths of an inch. Yeah. Well, I mean, so, I do a bottle opener on, my, on one of my, on my camp knives. So, Kyle, you could always buy a camp knife, you know, if that's what you're into. Right. <laughs> if you're that desperate for a bottle opener. Um, I, I will make you, I will make you one. Just, just pop a five-eighths hole into a thing and then with a little ball-peen hammer, just knock a little yeah. tab in. I've got three kids under three. A dog. I've got eight inches of evil here, which is what I now call the cat. Eight inches of evil. Oh, like, wow! Like, I was like, and, got a big old dick. And, like, and, and, a, and a burgeoning rock and roll career. You know, I know. It's, it's time is 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 my problem. Oh yeah. <laughs> I could make the. I could. Do, I could make the. Uh, I could make the thing for you if you wanted. <laughs> And yeah, and just put my name on it. No, right. no, I'll, Kyle, I'll make you one. Sit tight, sit tight. There you go. Okay, shall we call that a day? Let's do it. Okay, thank you all for listening. Um, we really do appreciate it. We really appreciate your your feedback and the questions that you send in. Because without you guys, we wouldn't have a show. Bye for now. Okay, here we go. We're done. Wow. Welcome everybody to the after show. Yep. Take take off your slippers. Pour yourself yep. a drink. Pour yourself and a relax. Drink. Relax. There so. we go. So what's been going on? What 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 are you into? What are you watching? What's happening? What am I into? I'm into getting some sleep. I actually just got a message <laughs> from someone I have to deal with that I'm not too thrilled about, but at the same time as one of the they said I'm got the sculpture done, I thought it was gonna be something that was gonna be easy. Well, it's certainly not easy, so Life is has a way of making things not downhill, and it seems to be I'm in a, I'm on an uphill trend right now in terms yeah. of like extra work and stress and something. Yeah. yeah. So there's an, I haven't been watching anything. I know that there's a lot of TV shows to watch and stuff like that, but I mean like I'm literally like I'm we're all I do work, is work. sleep, work, yeah. sleep. Yeah, Take so. it easy. Take it easy. I mean, you're looking after your diet and stuff, so you know it's just as important that you rest too. So you know you gotta take it easy. I mean, I get to sleep, but I like I like collapse. So, yeah, you need time to relax. Yeah. That's what you need. Yeah. What you need. That's it. I want to talk about the food that I was I was eating Let's whilst in it. London. Um, so I got, I got there, went straight to this, this Nebworth, which is you know a little bit outside of London. So you know, shitty hotel, just you know, crappy food. Coming to London then straight after the gig, and that's obviously where the good food is. Um, and I just ate and ate and ate. I because I was there when I got to London. Now I was there on my own then because everybody'd gone back, and I was just waiting for my flight back to back to France. Right. Um, so yeah, I could literally you know go where I wanted and eat where I wanted. Um, you know, obviously, street food is you know for years and years has been a big thing, but in London at the moment they've got the all these old like huge buildings and what they do they'll put like a bunch of street food vendors in there and they put all the tables in the middle so you, you know you just go and there's like craft beer places there as well you, everybody gets their food whatever you want you know different stuff and you all sit down on these on these big benches kind of thing oh my god some of the food was just in 
incredible incredible but the best thing that i ate while i was there because i knew that was coming what's the best thing uh um, the best thing you ate was i know what the best thing you ate was it had to have been fish and chips I had fish and chips twice. Oh, for fuck's sake! In th- within three days. Oh my god! Um, and this, so, um, what on the Sunday? There was a big, there's a huge football match um, for Wales because um, Wales haven't been in a World Cup for fucking decades and decades, um, and they're playing the Ukraine of all people. Um, and if we beat the Ukraine, we'd go to the World Cup. So you know, kick a team when they're down, kind of thing. But um, so I went to the pub to watch that game, and I had a fish and chips in the pub because you know the, the game's right. on and so on. We won, great, amazing. Get back to my hotel now, and my hotel was like right in the middle of Soho. So that kind of you know, do you know that you know that fear of missing out? You like, I'm in my hotel room, but like all of life is literally just outside right, my right, door. Sure. You know, so so I'm there, and my my belly's full. And I'm, I just text my wife, and I said, "Oh, uh, there's a Wingman's, which is." Um, they, I think they've got like three or four restaurants in, in London. And if you, you know, if you Google, like, you know, best chicken, best chicken wings, for example, in, in London, everybody say Wingman's is the place to go. And there's one literally just three or four doors down from where I was. So I'm in the hotel room, top button undone on my jeans because I've eaten so much already. And I'm like, I can't go home without not having these. Of course. So she's like, just go and get you regret it just go and get them oh. so you know i'm like oh waddling down down the road your your wife is such an enabler go ahead <laughs> oh completely yeah yeah she's a feeder um but uh <laughs> um so yeah so i got these uh like you know classic sort of buffalo wings um but also these um these belly pork squares with like a mushroom powder on top oh my i mean the, the chicken was good you know the type of chicken, you know, the, it, it come with gloves. You know, it was hot, oh. hot, hot, hot stuff. It was lovely. Right. I loved it. It was really good. But the the belly pork squares were the one. Oh, so they compress them. So they cook them over two days. They put a weight on them, so they're compressed. Then they got this um, mushroom powder they put on. To, oh, my fuck. Oh, even though I was full and I couldn't move, this was the best, best thing. It was Jesus Christmas. Absolutely loved it. But, and obviously, you. Finish the chicken wings then as well. <laughs> Jesus Christ! You really are. You really you you. Some people eat to live, and some people live to eat. I become a complete. If I'm in a hotel on my own, I become the biggest glutton ever. I get as literally as much food as I can, and I'm sitting there on the bed in my pants. Generally, oh, and I've got all God. this food around me. It's <laughs> oh my it's, God! It's I don't dis- want to picture it that. It is disgusting, but it's just it doesn't happen often, right. you know. But uh, right. oh yeah, it it was amazing, absolutely amazing. So yeah, Wingmans. If you're in London or you know, if you go into London for any reason, make sure you, you get to a Wingmans and have that belly pork. It's very special. Oh God! I mean, it sounds great, but it's like you know, I'm past the point of being like such a. I just can't. I can't be such a foodie foodies are the worst mm. these people who are like oh you have to have the you know is it well what part of the pig belly was it was it the was, was it a female pig or a male pig was the, what was the diet was it corn or was it like grass fed <laughs> i can't get involved with that shit anymore I'm, i don't get too involved in like you know it needs to be a certain way but i'm you know i know what i like and right. i know what's good you know and this oh this was good 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 stuff there you go what am i watching oh so yeah, I spent a lot of time in hotels, so watching a fair bit of TV as well. Um, and Pistol, um, which is the the Sex Pistols or biopic, right? That's just come on. Well, for us, it's Disney, but it's probably HBO for you guys. Um, it's good. 
It's good. It's a little bit sort of cheesy. There's six episodes, and it's basically the story, the Sex Pistols. Um, it's a little bit cheesy at times, but, um, yeah, really, really enjoyed it. And the, the whole story of the Sex Pistols, they were in a place in London called Denmark Street, which is where um, Malcolm McLaren and Vivian Westwood's shop was called Sex. And that's where they rehearsed as well. So when I was in London, I was actually in Denmark Street too because it's full of guitar, like vintage guitar shops. Yeah. So I was there as well, and then you know, then I was going back to the hotel. And I was watching this thing where it was filmed there. It, it, yeah, it was it was it was really cool. But um, yeah, it's very good, very good. So if you know if you're into the pistols, or even if you're not and you don't really know the story of the pistols, pistol is really really good. Really is good. that on Netflix? No, it, like I said, for us it's Disney. I oh. think it could be it could it could Hulu, be HBO. I think they say it's Hulu or something. Yeah, maybe Hulu or HBO for you. But um, it's very very good, very good. Look at you. I'm not watching shit. I'm 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 uh I'm trying to I'm just trying to follow I follow the Yankees, but that's about it. Not really, not very well. Yeah. So I have nothing nothing to report. Nothing to add. Nothing okay. to add at all. And with that, I think that's a show then. Right. There you go. Thank you all. Thank you all for listening. Um, we'll be back now. Hopefully, Morocco's with us again next week. Um, but yeah, he is on his travels. Um, Unless he's been eaten by a bear, I you know I didn't get a response to any of the texts I've sent him, so I'm hoping he hasn't been eaten by a bear. But um, hopefully he'll be back with us next week. And, I think um, he was uh, last time I heard he was with Josh Scott and oh, wow. the Artificery, and they were making some magic projects. So oh, cool, cool. Yeah, can't wait to hear about it. Yeah, it'll be good. Right, thank you all for listening. Speak to you soon. Bye for now. This show is brought to you by. The Makery, the podcast network for makers.